Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We're a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. Good morning, church. Isn't that good? Have a seat. Without oxygen, our bodies die, right? Likewise, without spiritual oxygen, our spirits can never come alive. We were born dead. Physically alive, yes, but spiritually dead. When I say that too, does it shock you? It shocked me when I first encountered that truth. See, we were born, all of us, into a pattern of sin and shame, into spiritual deadness. Paul writes his letter to the Ephesian church, and in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, You were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. He goes on in verses 2 to 3, he goes, It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion customs and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We lived by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. We were born into that. But God. Don't you love the but gods in the Bible? But God, you know, the but gods in Scripture, they change everything for us. That same chapter, Ephesians 2, which is where we're going to spend a bit of time this morning, verse 4 says this, but God still loved us with such great love. He's so rich in compassion and mercy. Anybody grateful for the but God? Even when we were dead and doomed in our sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. We are now co-seated as one with him. Born into spiritual deadness, But God, and then verse 10 goes on to tell us what the magnificent, incredible, life-giving result is of the but God in the Bible. Turn to the person next to you and say, I like the buts. Are you ready for verse 10? It says in verse 10, we have become his poetry. A recreated people 
that will fulfill the destiny He's given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Born into deadness. But God loved us with such compassion and love that he would raise us up with Christ. The result, we're his poetry. We're a recreated people. We are joined to Jesus from dead in our sin to his poetry. Recreated people joined to Jesus. How does this happen? In order to understand this, we've got to go right back to the first verse of this incredible chapter, chapter 2 of Ephesians. We go right back to the first verse where he, Paul gives us the clue to it all. He says, if you want to understand how you were dead in your spiritual deadness, if you want to understand the but God, if you want to understand how you became his poetry and his people, and he's recreated people who have joined him. If you want to understand all of that, verse one, his fullness fills you. How is it that Christ's fullness fills us? I want to take you to this incredible scene in the, in the Bible. It's found in John's, uh, John's gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, fourth book of the New Testament. John writes his incredible letter, and he tells us in verse 20, he's giving an account of Jesus' life. And he tells us in chapter 20 how the Christian church effectively got birthed. After he said this, he showed him his hands and his side. So Jesus is coming to his disciples now. Just to give you context, he's in his risen state. He's died, he's resurrected, and now he's coming to his disciples. And he's freaking them out because he's walking through doors and appearing out of nowhere because his body's different. He's in his resurrected body now, right? And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples, they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. The reason he said, peace be with you, is because they were freaked out. They were like, oh, he's here again. <laughs> so he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Now, here's the key. Want to understand how it is that we came from dead in our spiritual deadness to seated with Christ, to a recreated people to his poetry with good works ahead of us, with his fullness filling us, here's how it all happened. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. From that moment on, church, Christ's presence changed form. You know, like ice can become steam, in the solid can become vapor, still the same thing, just in a different form. In that moment, Jesus ushered in a new era where the physical 
became spiritual. God's presence in that moment when Jesus breathed, this is so exceedingly important if we're going to understand Christ in us. In that moment when Jesus breathed on his disciples, God's presence to mankind changed forever. From having Christ, the incarnation of God, the physical presence of God with people, in that moment changed to his spirit in them. That's why Paul can say his fullness fills you. Are you with me? Eight o'clock service. His fullness filling us is simply the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit that's in us. The Holy Spirit is Christ in us. Now, Paul goes on to tell us in this incredible chapter that there are three results when Christ is in us. Three things happen to a human being when Christ is in them, in this text. Three phenomenal, incredible, amazing, wonderful, life-changing, trajectory-altering things happen when Christ is in you. Verse four. He says, but God still loved us with such great love. He's so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. The first thing that happens to a human being when Christ is in them is they find life. You find life, I find life. What type of life, you might ask? Well, two kinds of life. Firstly, you find life in all of its fullness here on earth. How does that happen? You start to think differently. I start to feel differently. I start to do differently. I start to behave differently. I start to react differently. You know, somebody said the other day, anybody can act like Jesus, but not everybody can react like Jesus. <laughs> you with me? We start to react differently. We start to change. The Christ in us brings us a life on earth that it, Jesus says, if you want to find life on this earth, lose your life in me. In other words, give your life to me. You'll find life in abundance. How does it? You'll start to think, act, feel, see, hear, process differently. It's almost like the black and white of life starts to come alive. He changes us. We start to act differently and react differently. Start to speak differently. We stop looking at taxi drivers. Start to become more patient with our kids start to become honest at work. We start to reject forms of corruption. Are you with me? We start to obey the law. All of these things that as South Africans we should learn to do more of. Are you with me this morning? But we don't only find life here on earth, we find eternal life. And here's the gospel, church. The gospel is not a prosperity gospel that says Jesus comes to make your life awesome. The gospel is Jesus came to make you new. And the gospel is not a prosperity gospel that Jesus takes away your problems. The gospel is that his presence is in you to walk through those. And, and the gospel is not only that it's life on earth. 
The gospel is not that Jesus came to fix your life. The gospel is that he came to give you life in abundance on this earth, but also that he came to secure your eternity one day that you could spend eternity with him. You see, the gospel is two sides of the scales. It's life on earth and it's eternal life. Jesus came to give us abundant life here on this earth. He came to guide our future and he came to give us eternal life. He came to secure our eternity. The gospel is this, that Jesus came to guide our life and to secure our eternity. Jesus came to guide our life here on earth and to secure our eternity. And when the church focuses too much on either one of those, when it's all about your life on earth, then it becomes a, a shallow, prosperity-centered and rooted gospel. And when it's all about eternity, you have a whole bunch of super spiritual, spooky Christians who are no good to anybody on earth. Are you with me? He came to give us life. And Paul goes on and he says in verse six, and he raised us up with Christ the exalted one and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. Here's the key, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Jesus is seated in heaven. Do you know that? He's not standing. Jesus is not standing, fretting, directing angels, um, conducting them like a choir conductor. He's not standing, stressing, saying to God, God, did you see that? God, have you checked out what's going on? God, are you, are you, are you onto this? God, can, can you fix? Jesus is seated because his work's been accomplished. He's at peace. Gospel is that we find peace. in our hearts. There's three kinds of peace that Christ brings. He brings an interior, internal peace. We begin to become at peace with ourselves. Secondly, we become peacemakers. We, we begin to want to find peace with the ones around us. And so we become quicker to apologize. And we become faster to forgive. And we become people who go out and seek peace. We stop gossip and we stop slander and we stop false testimony. And we begin to look for peace amongst ourselves. Broken relationships we try and reconcile. The third kind of peace is that we have peace with God. No longer at war with the God who loved us. We, we've made peace with him. When Christ is in us, we find life, eternal life and abundant life here on earth. When Christ is in us, we find peace, peace inside of ourselves, peace with one another and peace with him. And then Paul goes on and he tells us in verse 10, we've become his poetry a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he's given each of us. I feel like those words, his poetry, is for somebody here today. Just in this moment, I feel to encourage somebody that he hasn't finished with your story yet. You see, because poetry, the poet declares when the poem is finished. We don't, the poem doesn't declare when it's finished. The poet declares when it's finished. So for somebody here this morning, he goes, we, 
we've become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we're joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, watch these words, church. Even before you were born, your life had a purpose. Watch this. God planned in advance. Even before I was born, God knew the good works and the destiny that I would do. That speaks to purpose. That speaks to purpose. When Christ is in us, we find life. Eternal life and life abundantly here on earth. When Christ is in us, we find peace. Peace inside, peace with others, peace with Him. When Christ is in us, we find our purpose, our destiny, the good works that God had prepared for us in advance. You see, the gospel is not saved by faith alone and put on this earth to suck oxygen for the rest of our lives. The gospel is saved by faith alone. And the realization of that grace pushes us into, God, what have you got for me to do? Purpose. Pastor Kent, let's give her a warm welcome. Good morning, church. Isn't that awesome from Pastor B? So Christ came to give us life and peace and purpose individually, but not only did he come to give us life and peace and purpose individually, but he came to do it corporately for us as the church. And here at Thrive Church, we are obsessed and we are single-minded about helping people, you should know this by now, move towards Jesus. We are single-minded and obsessed about this. Why? Why Jesus? Why do we want to help people move towards Jesus? Well, because we believe Jesus, not Buddha, not Allah, not Muhammad, not whoever else, uh, we believe that Jesus can help every one of us to find life and peace and purpose. So as a church, let's talk about how he gives us life. Well, the first thing is that as a community, in a community, every community deserves a life-giving church. And so we have determined to be that life-giving church here in Edenvale uh, and here in Boxburg. Sure. I'm a little bit confused. Here in Boxburg and over in Edenvale, we want to be that life-giving church in those communities. And uh, we believe that we're going to be that. We're going to have faith filled, optimistic uh, services uh, that give comfort and challenge to people who come into this place. And so we will be practically minded, practically focused. In other words, what we want to talk about here on a Sunday needs to meet our lives on a Monday. We don't want to talk about fruity things that we cannot apply to our lives. Uh, We want to be Christ followers on a Sunday and on a Monday and on a Tuesday and on a Wednesday and on a Thursday and on a Friday. So that's why we want to be practically focused. We want to be people-minded. We don't want to be a church that has just got numbers, which is wonderful, but we want to see people. We want to care for people. We want to engage with people. We want to be a church that sees people uh, in their place of need, that celebrates with people, which is why we have so many uh, places where we can connect uh, to life. You know, we have an amazing cafe, which we can do life together. We have life groups, which are called 
life groups for a reason, uh, because we want to do life together. We want to share community with one another. Uh, so we want to be people-minded. We want to be growth-orientated. Uh, I said a couple of weeks ago that I've been in church for many years, and I've seen people just get stuck in their faith and not move along that spiritual continuum. You know, the one where you cross the line of faith, and then you become new in Christ and growing in Christ, and uh, Christ's more like Christ, and then Christ-centered. We want to keep moving towards Jesus. We have never arrived as a people. Uh, We have never stopped growing until we get taken away to heaven one day. And so we want to keep growing and keep moving towards Jesus. And finally, we want to be Christ-centered. Every single thing we do, we want to be like Christ. The way we communicate with each other, uh, the way we interact, the way we serve others, we want to be more like Christ. And so we will continue to create life-giving atmospheres and life-giving spaces here. Just last year, you will know that we created a new deck out there uh, for us to have community. The deck is not about the coffee and it's not about the pizza, which are both amazing, by the way. The deck is about community. The deck is about a space where we can do life together, where we can have life-giving conversations, spiritual conversations, conversations where we get to encourage each other, conversations where we get to pray with each other, conversations where we get to just be there for each other and speak life to each other. This year, Our staff need to move out of our offices. So this is our goal. We don't know where we're moving because we went to the house across the road and it's too small for us, okay? But we need to move out of our offices uh, so that we can give more life-giving space to our kids' zone, which is growing rapidly. Uh, Our elevators, yeah, let's give a hand for that. Come on. So our elevators, we're getting 40 to 60 on per service. That class is way too small. So we need to move out of our offices so that they have more place to grow. The other thing we wanna do, and we strongly believe in this, is creating a special needs class. And so we need to move out of the offices so that we can have a special needs class which helps special needs children move towards Jesus and just creates a place of life for their parents and hope for their parents. And so if you're wondering where your vision offering is going this year, that is where it is going. It is going to move us out of our offices, wherever they might be, uh, so that we can have more space for more kids and more young people to move towards Jesus. We need more life-giving environments. Tonight is another, whoa, I said tonight, This afternoon uh, is another opportunity for us at our Boxburg campus uh, to move towards Jesus. And Five at Thrive, you'll see our cool shirt. Five at Thrive launches today. And you might be saying, well, why are you doing Five at Thrive? Well, it's very easy. We know why we're doing Five at Thrive. We're doing Five at Thrive, our afternoon service, so that more people can move towards Jesus. We, are, we don't wanna fight the culture that is around us where there are birthday parties and sporting activities and uh, all sorts of things that happen on a Sunday morning. We want to create another opportunity for those who might be engaged on a Sunday morning to come to Five at Thrive and move towards Jesus. And we believe the afternoon service is going to be the best service. Uh, 
to be at. So you can do all your errands and all your sporting activities, and you can come here with the atmosphere of an evening service. Uh, if you've been to uh, one of our ladies' events or men's events, you will know what the atmosphere is like. It'll have the atmosphere of an evening service, but it will give you the opportunity to get home by 7 o'clock so that you can put your kids in bed. Uh, if you have kids, if you don't, you just stay on that deck. <laughs> and enjoy every moment. <laughs> if you have kids, you put them in bed and they're ready for school. And so what we're doing is we're creating another life-giving opportunity for people to move towards Jesus. So Christ comes to give us life and peace. Let's talk about the second thing, peace. As a church, how do we pursue peace? What do we do to help people uh, to engage and experience more peace? Well, Firstly, one of the things that we have here at Thrive is HEAL. And if you've heard about HEAL, HEAL uh, is for addicts and their families. And it happens here on a Thursday night at 7 o'clock. And this is just another way that we as a church are having compassion. We know that there are many people who are suffering with addiction. There are many families affected by addiction of whatever type. It's not specific, whatever addiction it might be. And so HEAL is a safe place, a place where, where the healing can take place. That's why it's called healing, heal. Uh, so people can, where healing can happen in their families, in their communities, where addicts can share their stories and, how, and their struggles and families can share their heartbreak with other people. And this is another avenue that we wanna help people to find peace. Peace is a way of us being if we're accountable to one another, we experience so much more peace. We don't have to deal with our addictions alone. We don't have to deal with our heartbreak alone. And so heal, if, if you or one of your family members is addicted to anything, then make sure you, that you come to heal. We provide places of healing and peace, but you actually need to take the step, the bold step to be here on a Thursday night. Another way that uh, we create peace here at church is uh, by providing Life College courses. And if you've been around a bit, you'll know that at our Life College courses, we do things like marriage courses. We do things like financial courses. We do things uh, like spiritual courses and understanding more about the Holy Spirit. And we believe that each of these courses help with peace. They help provide peace and teach us about what God says about our finances and what God says about our marriages and our relationships relationships and, and what he says about the Holy Spirit and how he is Christ in us that helps us in our daily lives. And so Life College is just another avenue where we can get more peace, a peace of mind and peace of heart. And so we want everybody as our next Life College semester rolls on to, to ro sign up for a Life College course, which will help with your peace levels as well. Every Sunday service gives us another opportunity to find peace in God. You know, there are many people who are distant from God, and they come into this place on a Sunday, and they find God, and all of a sudden, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it floods their hearts and their minds, is what the Scripture says. And when we come into the presence of God, and we might be uh, in a place of, you know, angst or frustration or turmoil from the week, when we come into the presence of God, we find peace. We find His peace, and because when we're in His presence, we're surrounded by His peace. And so every Sunday here at Thrive in Boxburg, we have three services where we can find that opportunity. We get 
The other thing that we have is we get peace of mind knowing that we can bring our friends and family to this church and they will be welcomed. They will not experience crazy fruitcake people, uh, but normal people who have normal lives and normal jobs and speak with normal language. So they have peace of mind and we have peace of mind that we can extend an invitation to anybody for them to come and find Jesus here. Finally, as a church this year, we will endeavor to find our purpose in Christ. And Ephesians 2.10, Pastor Byron read this to us. It speaks of our purpose as a people. And it says this, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that he has given each of us. I wanna stop at the each of us. Every single one of us has a destiny in Christ apart from each other and together as the local church. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works that we would do to fulfill it. It's such an amazing scripture. It says that we are his poetry, a recreated people. We are new, as Pastor Byron says. Uh, our entire lives have been made new so that we can fulfill the destiny that He has planned for us. So our destinies are not just to run our businesses. Our destinies are not just to teach at a school. Our destinies are not to manage our divisions. Our destinies are not to just be a doctor or a nurse. Our destinies are not to be farmers. Our destinies are not just to raise our kids. Our destinies are not just to be accountants. All of these are amazing and they are, but they're not because there's so much more. Your destiny is to do the good work that God has created for you to do. And so our destinies are the things that God has asked us to do. And yes, we do all the other things on the side, but while I am a nurse or while I am a doctor, God is asking me to do a good work on the side as I minister life and hope and peace and purpose to those I come into contact with. While I teach children uh, in my weekly job, I am also giving life and peace and purpose because we're created for so much more than what we are just doing. And now another one of the things that we've launched this year is Shine, our nonprofit organization, has launched Shine, uh, which is a literacy program in Reha Park. Uh, and there should be a picture coming up. There we go. And what this literacy program does is twice a week at this point, amazing, amazing volunteers from this amazing church uh, go into Reha Park and they help grade twos with their reading. They've specifically been selected, these grade twos, and two hours on a Monday and a Thursday, great volunteers sit with amazing grade twos, and what they are doing is they are teaching them to read and helping those who are struggling. And we believe that if we intersect at such a young age in their stories, we can provide life and peace and purpose to these grade twos. And we could possibly change and affect the next 11 years of their education if we get involved now. And so we can give them a shot at a higher education and we can give them a shot at a future. And that's what we wanna be a part of here at Thrive Church. So as a church, we wanna help people to find life and peace 
and purpose. Awesome. Awesome. On the 30th of December, my wallet got stolen at the airport. So high irritation factor as you head into your holiday. Just as I arrived in PE, no wallet. Got stolen off the hand luggage. Don't judge me. I know I was stupid to leave it there. It's fine. So, wallet lost, get all the cards, all that stuff. This Friday, like as in the Friday just passed, I lost my wallet. It fell out of my pocket because I'm using a makeshift one. It's too long. As I got into my card, it must have fallen out of my pocket. Left it at the Celtics garage on Trichard Road. Don't Oaks go looking for it. I've I've got, it's gone. It's not there now. I'm about to tell you. So Friday evening, I get a call from somebody in our church to say, I believe you lost your wallet on Friday. I said, I did. They said, somebody picked it up. And this somebody looked you up on Facebook, but saw you weren't active or whatever, found a mutual friend. That mutual friend found me. And now I'm phoning you. Yeah. So on Friday evening, the guy phones, he's, he, I sent uh, this guy the number, he, we, we got numbers, he phones me on Friday evening, he says, can you meet me on the corner of Fontaine and wherever? So I'm, I said, absolutely, because I mean, what, I want my wallet back. But I kind of, I, I half wondered whether it was some dodgy trap, you know, maybe I've been watching too many of these CSI movies or something. <laughs> So I said, we can, we can meet at a public place. has to be a public place, you know? <laughs> anyway, this guy, his name was Martin. Shout out to Martin. Not in our church. Runs a business on Rietfontein Road. He found my wallet and hunted me down. There are still good people in the world. And he didn't want anything for it. I gave him some, but he didn't want anything for it. He had his daughter in the car and he was on his way home and and uh, so I parted ways. I said, do you go to church? He says, absolutely, I'm a Christian. Christ in us returns wallets and doesn't keep them. You with me? Um, the lady that you're about to see on the screen's name, many of you would know her, is Rihanna Blichnert. Rihanna was in our church until she passed away three weeks ago. Rihanna came to serve at Kids Church on Sunday morning, wasn't feeling well. The team sent her home, and later that evening she died of a pulmonary embolism. She served in Kids Zone, and the kids loved her. She wasn't feeling well, she still came to serve her duty until the guys sent her home. She didn't know there was something up with her lungs. and She came to serve the kids like she did every week. And on the f- Friday at her funeral, all the kids' own team were packed into the church to bid her farewell. The Christ in us stays committed to a cause even when not feeling well. The Christ in us puts the bigger picture ahead of ourselves. 
Christ in us is passionate about helping people move towards Jesus, whether it's kids or adults. Christ in us, Christ was in her. What an amazing lady. 40 years old. The young man that you'll see on the screen now, his name is Innocent. Innocent is the guy who brings medication from the dispensary and the pharmacy to patients in ICU. Some of you may have been hearing the story of uh, this young lady called Kiara Mungavin. She lives in Durban. Her parents pastor a church called Anthem Church down in Durban. Uh, on Christmas Eve, Kiara was going to church with her mom, and her mom turned across uh, the, the double carriageway near their church, uh, only for a motorcyclist to uh, plow directly into their car. And the motorcycle smashed the window of Ki uh, where Kiara was sitting, and her skull was smashed to pieces. Christmas Eve 2018. They rushed her to the emergency services at Umschlange Hospital. And doctors took one look at her and realized that the pressure on her brain was so significant and the damage to her skull was so huge they would have to reconstruct her skull. They did that that night, Christmas Eve. There are amazing people in the world who on Christmas Eve are neurosurgeons reconstructing skulls. They put her skull together and they took a piece of her skull out and put it in her abdomen so that it could stay there safe and new, um, nourished until it gets reattached to her brain, which will be this coming week. Doctors gave one of three prognoses. Either she would die within 48 hours or she would live in a vegetative state or she would be completely brain dead. That afternoon, people from her church poured into the hospital and Kiara's friends and her ballet dancing group of friends and everybody in the church who felt led to do so camped in the hospital for the next 10 days they didn't do a one night prayer vigil they did a 10 night prayer vigil where they prayed for this young girl they prayed and prayed and prayed. And on New Year's Day, what a day to have it happen. She opened her eyes and recognized her family, recognized her parents. By the 3rd of January, she was doing crossword puzzles and Sudoku puzzles. And she's getting back into her schoolwork now. And although she's still battling with some short-term memory loss and few other things doctors realized or reckon she'll in all likelihood make a full recovery after having fragments of her skull retrieved from her brain having had a section of her skull removed and put in her abdomen her mom writes a story about this young man next to her Maybe when you have a daughter, this stuff becomes moving to you. I don't know. 
But this guy, she says, innocent. We met him in the first few days of Kiara's care. He's the guy who delivers the medicine from the pharmacy. One day he came into the ICU and asked permission from me to pray for Kiara. I was having a vulnerable moment in the armchair with the curtain half drawn around the bed. Looking up through my tears, I asked him only one thing. In whose name do you pray? In the name of Jesus, he answered. So I nodded my consent. Innocent knelt down at my daughter's bedside and stretched out his arms to heaven. And in quiet whispers, he sought the king on her behalf. Praying for a healing. Minutes later, he got up without ceremony, nodded respectfully to me, and continued about his business. Christ in him. And that's the vision for 2019 is that Christ would live and move and breathe and prompt and teach and mold and shape and form us into who we were destined to be. That his life would enable us to find life and peace and purpose. This message was recorded live at Thrive Church. We hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus.